as a little child, I ended up not telling anyone because I think no one else would talk about that or no one else um, would mention spirits. And, you know, I was raised as a Catholic, so that was just not something we would talk about at the dinner table or anything other than, you know, God or Jesus. So um, it was something I kept to myself for a really long time and probably until my early 20s. Welcome to Claiming Your Confidence, the podcast. I'm Katrina Blowers, and as a journalist, speaker, and mentor, I know what it's like to have confidence. I also know what it's like to have to dig really deep and find it all over again. I've interviewed hundreds of high-profile people, and this is what I know for sure. We all suffer fear, imposter syndrome, and self-doubt, no matter how shiny our life appears to be. So let's reframe the confidence conversation together and uncover the hacks and secrets to get more of it. Claiming your confidence starts now. Vanessa Richardson is a modern day psychic medium. She is definitely not the stereotype and through her business, The Conscious Collective uses her gift to help others see their purpose in life and ignite their self-worth. In this fascinating chat, Vanessa takes us back to what was for her the harrowing experience of being a child who could connect with the spirit world and the many difficult years it took for her to claim her confidence and fully embrace her abilities. You'll learn how to tap into your intuition for more confidence. Vanessa shares what she's been told is the true purpose of living our life here on earth and what happens after we die. And she steps us through how to manifest our dreams. Let's claim our confidence with Vanessa Richardson. Hello, Vanessa. I'm so thrilled you can join me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on here. Yeah, me too, because uh, I'm really keen to find out more about you and your story. And um, I just think you're going to have some really insightful things to share with all of us about confidence. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) So I always begin each episode asking my guest what you're wearing and where you are so we can picture you in our mind. (laughs) I love that. So I'm at home and I'm, yeah, at my, in my office, uh, which I've got a nice candle on and I've got my crystals around me and I'm wearing my active wear really I've got active wear pants and I've got one of my beautiful shirts I've designed with my sister which is called manifest this uh so that's what I'm wearing that's so cool I love how you've got this label with your sister and it's it's spiritual but it's with a sense of humor which I love yes yeah thank you we are that's what we're all about kind of empowering and and making it fun and positive and you can always look down and and feel um yeah, empowered and motivated and inspired by what you're wearing. Yeah. Now, I've had a reading with you uh, a couple of years ago now, and it was an an amazing experience, even though we did it over FaceTime, I seem to recall, um, which is kind of (laughs) like you were ahead of your time, Vanessa. That's what everyone's doing now. Um, So you're based on the Gold Coast and I'm in Brisbane. But um, even though it was, I'd never had a reading over FaceTime before, I still felt like we really connected. And I'd love to know... um, do you still feel that same sense of connection whether you do it over FaceTime or if you're in person? Yes. So for me, uh, energetically, the energy is always there. And as soon as I can see somebody uh, through FaceTime or Skype or whatever that is, as soon as I can see um, their face, I pick up on their auras and then I can um, you know, essentially tap into their energy and connect the same way I would do in person. Gosh, that's amazing. I, I didn't even know you could see an aura over FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can see them all the time. I see them all the time. Instead of seeing people just walk around, I see them as rainbows or dark clouds, whatever I see, whatever colors going on, I can yeah easily um, see that in every single person. Gosh. So has that always been the case for you ever since you were little? Uh, yes. Well, yes and no. So it started probably around the age of nine when I would 
see uh, spirits at night in my room. You know, a lot of kids would have nightmares and, and their parents, you know, would say, oh, that's just a bad dream or, you know, yeah, it's just a bad dream, go back to sleep. And so I would see people in my room call out to mum. Mum would come in and say, it's just, just a bad dream, go back to sleep. But it wasn't until, you know, a good year or so later, I kept saying to her, but my eyes are open, mum. <laughs> my eyes are open. I'm not dreaming. And she would just, that would be the end of the conversation. I don't think she knew how to handle that or, or what was going on, maybe thinking I was a little crazy. Um, so I would always see spirits from a very young age. And then I would predict things about people. Um, I'd have little visions and premonitions about something happening to someone and then that would happen. So that side of things has started at a young age, but seeing auras didn't come until kind of like my mid to late 20s. I would actually start to physically see colours around somebody. Do you mind if I ask you about that time when you were little and you would see spirits in your room? Was that was that scary? Yes, it was scary yeah. because generally the the first um, the first dimension we kind of open ourselves up to is one of the lowest dimensions in spirit world. So when what I mean by that is a lowest dimension in that the not very nice spirits. Um, so I guess the ghosts, the entities, um, those sort of like the the murderers and all those kind of lower spirits who didn't do very good good things here on earth they kind of reside in that first realm and so as I was growing and and opening up that was the first realm I was tapping into and that's why they would all really be quite scary and confronting for me to see Um, and no wonder I wanted to kind of yeah hide under the blankets and, and, and hide away from that because they would appear in a not so nice way. Oh my gosh. So were you sometimes too afraid to go to bed some nights? Yes, <laughs> I was afraid. Yeah. Um, I'd have to sleep with the light on as well. Like I, I had to get a little um, desk lamp and, and have that on most of the night. Uh, even even through my 20s, I was still sleeping with a light on at some stage because, because of that very reason, getting visitors um, who were not on the, yeah, who were on that first field. So yeah, that was oh a very my nice. Gosh. I actually, my heart is breaking for you right now because my son is about 10 and I'm thinking he sometimes, or he often sleeps with the light on because he's scared of different things and you were legitimate, like you had a legitimate reason. What, what did these, what did these entities look like? Did they look like real people? They did look like real people, um, except when you're dealing with, you know, spirits or ghosts. You don't see them as full figures. So you might kind of just see their face or you might see from their chest upwards or they might be, you know, it sounds a bit silly, but they might be floating um, up in the air and sort of morphing in and out. Um, So, yeah, it's very confronting and they often would show me how they passed. So I would be seeing, um, you know, how they died and and that was very scary in itself as well. Oh, my goodness. Um Okay, so so they they were they were aware of you then, and they were communicating with you. Yes, yeah. How did you move through this time? And I mean, you know, talking to your mum about it, and I imagine you would have perhaps spoken to your sister about it. You would have known that what you were seeing was different to how others were experiencing the world. How did you move through that? Yeah. So as a little child, I ended up not telling anyone because I think no one else would talk about that or no one else um, would mention spirits. And, you know, I was raised as a Catholic, so that was just not something we would talk about at the dinner table or anything other than, you know, God or Jesus. So um, it was something I kept to myself for a really long time and probably until my early 20s I finally opened up to my nan about it because she was a very spiritual woman and she would say, oh, that used to happen to me and and now I see only the good things. And she would, you know, kind of be a little mentor for me to to talk to in how to um, protect my energy and using crystals. And, yeah, she was a beautiful mentor for me. I've got, yeah, a lot of love for her. Unfortunately, she's passed now, but 
we had some great chats, I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. But in those intervening years, and especially during those difficult teenage years, if you've got this massive thing that you're keeping to yourself, yeah. and I mean, was there a sense of embarrassment yes. or shame? Yeah. I mean, what, what was going on for you during that time? I felt very different. Um, yeah, obviously very different, very isolated. Um, I I couldn't have... Um, often I couldn't go to other people's house for sleepovers and things like that because I would also pick up on spirits in their house. Um, so I would avoid, yeah, avoid sleepovers at friends' houses and um, I would keep to myself a lot and, yeah, obviously just couldn't open up to anyone about it. It was, I did feel a lot of shame. I felt in, um, embarrassed because, I fe- yeah, felt very different. It's no one else would be talking about this or be going through this and if I did open up to someone they would quickly shut it down so yeah wow what a story um so when you when you started to have these conversations with your nan and started to see that perhaps there was a light at the end of the tunnel um you know in terms of being able to put a positive spin on this but I imagine that wouldn't have happened overnight you would have had to have started to work on that how did you take it from where it was this sense of embarrassment to looking at it in a different way? Yeah, so that took a very long time um, and I think going through the the late teens, early 20s for anyone is is a really hard time because you're, you're trying to find your identity and, and who you are as a person and what you want to do in life and for me I was also suffering um anxiety and and OCD and and severe depression I had all of that going on and I remember going from counselor to counselor to psychiatrist to psychologist and they would say do you hear voices and I'd say yes (laughs) then they think oh she's schizophrenic (laughs) um and I then would start questioning oh my gosh is something is this all in my mind or am I actually seeing these things and it was a it made it more difficult and challenging because I was made to feel, yeah, like I had a mental health issue that was um, actually everything to do with spirit. So it wasn't until mid to late 20s that I really owned and got through that and thought, no, there's nothing wrong with my mental health now. This is actually spirits and this is the world I'm living with and this is going to be with me for the rest of my life. I have to find a way to to handle this and to either work with it or um, find a way of yeah, protecting myself from it. So did you seek out a teacher who was able to show you how to maximise this gift of yours? Yeah, I contacted so a psychic to begin with. Um, her name was Jade and she lived in Brisbane actually. So when I was up here, she was a great mentor for me in, you know, I would say, oh, I feel like this is going on or I'd hear these noises and it sounded like a an entity and she's like yes if it barked and growled this is an entity and this is what it means this is how you protect yourself so she was so good in um invalidating what I was experiencing and you know helping giving me books and um kind of guiding me and and being that mentor that I could call and chat to and and yeah help me with what I was experiencing. And so when did you, so then you started seeing the auras and can you explain for us, you, you said that it starts out, you're starting to see those lower level energies, which are, are quite negative. How did you, how do you shift your energy so that you start to experience this in a positive way? Yes. So good question. <laughs> I feel for, um, for me, I, it was all about being aware and aware of myself and surroundings and it would be uh, a constant, okay, every day I have to wake up and visualise, you know, like a, a purple or golden light bubble of protection all the way around me and I'd have to set the intention of I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm, you know, I'm healed and um, I guess either connected with an angel or a spirit guide and asking for that protection and that extra help to get through the day. And so once I started protecting my energy in that way, I wouldn't get the visitations from the lower entities anymore. Um, And then I'd start getting messages from, you know, loved ones or other people who were coming through in spirit 
rather than those the lower ones that were just trying to scare me and cause um, cause drama. This sounds like a, so much hard work. Did you have days where you're like, why me? Seriously, why? Yeah, I'd say, <laughs> not today, Satan, not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did feel like that. Um, but it wasn't going away, Katrina. That was the thing. The more I would say, oh, no, please not today. It's like the more visitors I would get. So it, it, I had no choice but to, yeah, step up into, I guess, that light and step up to, okay, this is something I have and whether I like it or not, I, I have to protect myself um, and I have to call upon a God or angel or someone um, for that extra protection because energetically, yeah, I do not want to be associated with those lower lower vibes. So initially in your 20s, I'm thinking you you probably weren't doing this as a, an occupation. What were you doing? Oh, I used to do, gosh, I did a lot of things. I started off um, doing a hairdressing apprenticeship straight from school. Um, I was already working at the hair salon on the weekend. So I was, yeah, very creative and did my full apprenticeship. Then I went into sales and I worked for um, Schwarzkopf. And then I was a color technician for them, so still in the hair industry, um, but educating other salons. And I did that for a number of years. And then I went into the wine industry when I moved, just before I moved up here um, in my mid-20s. I then was a sales manager for a wine company. Um, and I did that all the way up until I stepped into this line of work. <laughs> So I've done a lot of things. <laughs> Amazing. And given, you know, obviously the focus of, of our chat today is about mm. confidence and how you claimed your confidence, yeah. How, what sort of an age were you when you decided that you were ready to step into this and really own this and also use it to help other people? Yeah, so that would have been pretty much just before I stepped into this line of work. So having that, I, I guess that, um, gift, although I didn't see it as a gift, it was more like a curse at the time. But, um, when I actually accepted this gift was probably around 27, 28. And that was a big shift for me. We had just, my partner and I had just moved up here from Sydney. So we're on the Gold Coast and I was very alone. I didn't have any friends or any family up here. None of us did. Um, and I was, I, I, wanted to help people but I was obviously in the wine industry but I kept feeling the need to I kept seeing myself like mentoring and coaching and empowering people but I didn't know how to go about it and I was still very um um yeah not owning it myself so I spent a lot of time on my own um I was doing kundalini yoga I was you know reading my own cards I was very connected to crystals I was meditating and the more I was tapping into that, the less drawn I was into doing my usual day job. And I, I just kept feeling this isn't for me. I don't want to do the, the wine stuff anymore. It doesn't feel right for me, but obviously I needed the salary. Um, so I would on the weekends, probably about when I was about 28, 29, so a good year or so after that, I'd started to advertise that I was doing some small readings and I'd have maybe just two clients a week. Um, and I would read for them out of Eyebrow Boutique at Mermaid Beach. And that was my way of, you know, doing what I felt I needed to do. So I would always have these um, visions and goals and, and I kept seeing myself reading and doing healing. So I just kept following that path and trusting in that. And then it opened up more and more and more uh, to then after I had my child, I got made redundant from the wine job and that was the best thing that could have happened because that put me, it forced me to step up and really take ownership of my readings and my business and just go for it rather than, you know, try and find another job elsewhere or, or do something else. It was it was that push the, that the universe gave me to go, right, it's now or never, I have to do this. And if I'm going to do it, I've got to dive, you know, dive in the deep end and go for it. <laughs> do you look back now, you know, yourself as a teenager who you were too embarrassed to say anything to anyone, including your own family, yeah. and now you're out and proud. Like what a what a long way you've come. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's I've come so far and it's it's so nice to be 
authentic and genuine with myself and, and not have to hide who who I am as a person and if someone doesn't you know respect that or it's not for them then that's fine it doesn't it doesn't phase me because I I'm able to be genuine and authentic with myself and that's that's all that really matters to me talk to me about what it was like when you were dating (laughs) when did you when did you fess up to your now husband that you had this ability and also did you see things and get a sense of people who you were dating that kind of helped you. (laughs) Yeah. So my partner now, my husband now, he was, he was the only person I told this about and he, you know, bless him. He was actually really open to it. He didn't necessarily, um, believe in it all himself so much, but he was very open to it and he still is. So it was so refreshing to be able to, yeah, have someone to share that with and somebody that, understood and didn't kind of run a mile when I when I told them things. <laughs> Did you get like do you get a sense about people when you meet them? Does is that I mean how does it work for you? Yes. So I think you know everyone has that ability to sense things about people. We where so many times we're around a group of people and we feel instantly connected to someone or someone walks in the room and all of our attention goes to someone because energetically you feel them and more than often where we all kind of sum somebody up in like, oh yeah, I like this person or no, I don't like this person. So it's, it's something that we all have. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I guess a lot easier for me to pick that up on somebody, but I also don't want to be someone who, you know, comes across judgy or um, dismisses somebody just because their energy may be a little, um, you know, dull or, or dark because, you know, for being there myself, I know what it's like to have, depression, anxiety, OCD, and, and be in that, uh, in that lower vibrating frequency. And it's not a nice thing. So yeah, we all have the ability to pick up on other people's energies. So how does it work for you? Do you, um, when you're doing a reading for someone, do you, who do you communicate with and, and how does it work? I know that you read tarot cards and you also see auras and you communicate with spirit guides. Uh, how, how does it all work? Yeah, so for so um, a psychic predicts like past, present, and future things, but a psychic medium is somebody who can connect to spirit world and receive messages and even channel from different realms. So I, me being a psychic medium means I do the psychic stuff, but I, when I'm connecting to spirit world, it's often my own spirit guides that I'm getting the information from, and they're connecting to whoever I'm reading their spirit guides. So it's kind of like a, a few people involved in that. Um, but I also have recently started chan- like actually channeling a new group um, from the ninth dimension um, called the collective and they will come through and interrupt the reading a lot. Um, and they're very direct in their messages and, and the information that I need to tell the client. So that's um, yeah, that's something that's very, clear for me and it gets to the point where I will trust spirit more than I'll trust the person sitting across the chair from me because sometimes things come up and people will say no 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 I didn't do that or no that's not me and and the spirit guides almost start laughing like yes yes it is this person (laughs) um (sighs) and then later on they'll own up to it and think okay yep that was me I did do that um so yes people can lie but spirit doesn't it's always interesting to me. Um, I think a lot of people consult psychics because they're seeking answers or they want some sort of definitive, um, you know, this is what's going to happen in your future. But then there's this pesky thing called free will. Like how much how much is predestined and how much have we got control over? Yes. So I same thing. When I'm connecting to spirit world, I'm, I'm often tapping into the Akashic records and that is you know, that's supposed to make up everyone's kind of destiny and, and, and where their, you know, line of trajectory is sort of heading and what's going on and different outcomes. So a lot of our life is predetermined, but when we take a different course to what was predetermined, that is our free will. And that trumps everything. Free will will trump everything, no matter what. So that means that what was, you know, our destiny is either not going to be our destiny anymore or that it's then kind of prolonged and pushed back to when that will become our destiny again. So free will is is something that's um, 
that is challenging for people because they're like, okay, well, I want to do this. And if I'm saying, well, you're meant to take path A, that they don't want to do that and they decide to go path B, then what I've predicted or what's meant to happen for them isn't going to come into their life for either at all or quite for some time. So what's your understanding of, the, I guess, the purpose of, of why we're all here? Do you, is it your understanding that um, we are here to evolve and learn lessons in multiple lifetimes or uh, what is it? What is it that you've learnt through this process? Yeah, I think it's such a, um, it's such a vast, uh, like it's, 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 I don't know the complete answer, to be honest. But I, I definitely feel that we're meant to continue to evolve. That's what the soul wants. It, and it comes into different lives and different, um, you know, like different universes. A lot of the time we're living, you know, parallel lives. That, that, that's all crazy stuff. So I don't know if we want to talk about that on here today. <laughs> that's like another Oh, session. my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, when I think of that, when I think of that, and when, I, when I've read things before that says, you know, um, that our understanding of time is not yes. um, on a horizontal plane but more of a linear vertical where yeah. everything is happening all at once, that <laughs> just makes my tiny brain feel like it's about to explode. I know. Mine too. Don't worry (laughs) but that's that's you know when I am tapping into other things it makes sense um and so sometimes you can get so caught up in that like other kind of world and dimensions it's almost like whoa stop I've got to come back down here for a little while like it's um it's very intense and it is hard to get our heads around when we are in this timeline and we aren't yet necessarily aware of other you know, lives playing out in other universes or yeah, parallel universes and slipping into things. But I had, this is how, this happens a lot. And I'm sure it's happened to either yourself or some, some listeners as well. Even, gosh, it must've been about two years ago. I had um, my wedding ring that I had taken off and left on my bedside table. And the next day I got up and it wasn't there and I hadn't kind of cleared it or I hadn't done anything. And I spent days looking for my ring I could not find it anywhere I was searching high searching low I checked with the kids that you know did the whole like looked everywhere then about a week later it showed up in the exact place that I had left it on my bedside table gosh and so what happens is it's there's the saying that it's slipping into another timeline another dimension and that we can't see because we're not aware of that other dimension but then it's fallen back into this existing dimension. So stuff like that happens all the time. That's amazing. And what is, I know I'm asking you these really big questions here, but what is your understanding of what happens to us after we die? Yeah. So my understanding, because when I connect with spirit, I very much see them as who they were. So I tap into their personality. I can see their looks. I can see Um, I can feel what that person was like uh, during their time here on earth. So I'm connecting to that essence of who that person was. But I also understand that a part of their soul has perhaps reincarnated into an existing life again back here on earth. So I'm still connecting to that, uh, you know, a fragment of their soul, if that makes sense. Um, rather than the the whole being or the whole spirit of someone being just in the one place, the spirit is infinite and is in different realms um, at any given time. Wow, amazing. <laughs> um, just extraordinary. Oh, I'm almost lost for words. I don't know where to go after this. What is your understanding then of what is consciousness? Do you think that we, um, I know that you've spoken about manifesting and um, and energy levels, how important is it for us to be aware of the energy that we bring to each situation? Um, and I guess let's go back to that initial question of what, it, what do you think consciousness is? Oh, consciousness. Okay, so energy, consciousness, my understanding is of everything about 
who we are and our beliefs and our understandings and our interpretations. And the more aware we are of ourselves in and, and being accountable for who we are, then our consciousness continually expands. And the more our consciousness expands, the greater we can see, not just with our eyes, but the greater connected we are to, to the universe. A lot of people see the universe as being something very separate from themselves. Um, like, oh, I'm, you know, I have to connect hard to get to the universe or it's, it's separate from me. It's nowhere near me. It's out of my reach. But the universe is, it's already within us. We're already a part of it. But when you are closed off consciously and there's a lot of fear and you're not under, um, you're not um, necessarily believing in it because you're, you're fearful of that or you're holding on to a lot of anger and the lower vibrating frequencies and energy, you cannot grow or evolve while you're in those, um, those emotions and thought patterns. Whereas the more you're learning about yourself and growing and evolving yourself and experiencing more positive mindset, more positive feelings, more positive emotions, then your consciousness is, is growing and expanding and you become more aware that you're already connected to the universe. This is why I wanted to get you on as a guest because I love the way you talk about this kind of stuff and I've heard you talk about manifesting before and I just think from a spiritual perspective, um, I, I really wanted to get your thoughts about how we can become co-creators of our own lives and also create the confidence that we want um, to do the things that we, we really want to do. So let's talk a bit about manifesting and how we can take tap into that to to build confidence and to go after our big dreams. Yeah, I I love manifesting. That is something that I'm just so passionate about and it's not something that is unachievable or yeah, something that you can't attain. Everyone can manifest anything they want. It can be something as as basic as I want to manifest a car park when I'm, when I'm driving to somewhere or I want to manifest my health, my wellness, my dream job, money, success, family, wedding, whatever that is, you can manifest what you like. You're the, like the only thing holding you back is, is yourself and your own limiting beliefs. And that's why confidence, the way I look at confidence is confidence is trusting yourself. When you trust yourself, you know who you are. And you don't look for that validation or acceptance uh, or opinion from anybody else. You don't have to seek it externally because you know inside, you know your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you know everything about you. And so that's where I, my believing is that that's where the confidence comes from is trusting yourself. And when it comes to manifesting, um, there's so many rules or um, ways and teachings of manifesting that, you know, say you need to say something out loud, you need to write it down, you need to um, say it like it's already happened. And there's so many ways to teach it. But for me, and with my little conscious community, I'm the way I'm teaching it is, it's all an energy manifesting is, is an energy. And so there's that the rule, you know, the law of attraction is, what you give out is what you're going to get back. And so energetically, if you're giving out fear on an unconscious level of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I've got low self-esteem, if that's what's going on in your unconscious mind, yet in your mouth you're saying the words, I want to attract love, the energy is not matching that same frequency of what love is about because love is the highest frequency, love, gratitude, compassion, joy, are our highest vibrating frequencies. And if you're saying those words, but energetically you're doubting yourself and you're in fear and you don't feel you're good enough or worthy enough, energetically your vibration is low and not near anywhere near the love that you're wanting. So you're only going to keep attracting the somebody in return in love who's also on those lower frequencies in that they are also fearful um, or they're doubting themselves as well, or they're the wrong type of person for you. So when I teach it, I say to my students to get into the heart space. You have to feel things. 
So I always say, go to a memory, go to a memory when you were at your happiest, when you felt the most love, when you felt the most joy, when you felt so happy. And if that was a year ago or 20 years ago, um, a childhood memory, whatever that may be, if it's on a holiday, if it's when you got engaged, it's when you gave birth, whatever a happy memory is for you, take yourself back to that memory and allow your body to experience those emotions from that memory. And when your body's experiencing those emotions, you're then in that peak state. And when you're in the peak state, that's the state that you can then manifest what you're wanting to bring into your life. Gosh, I love that. Yeah. So do you teach visualization as well? Yes. Yeah. And how successful, I mean, what, what, what are some of the things that some of the, your students have managed to manifest? Oh gosh, everything. Um, everything from, you know, the job that they're wanting or starting a business of their own, um, relationships. That's a big one for a lot of my clients is they're wanting a partner to be, they're wanting a conscious relationship. They want that conscious partner, uh, because in the past they've attracted the same type of person into their life. And that's why I explained to them, what you give out is what you're attracting back. So you're, you're giving out fear. You're going to keep attracting the lower frequencies. That's not the right love. So when they become aware of energetically their own state of being and what they're giving out, then they can start attracting what they want. So they'll, they'll attract that right partner. They'll attract that baby into their life. They'll attract that dream job. Oh, I've had so, like countless um, stories of people coming back with that manifesting technique working for them. And getting back to, you know, what we were talking about before with free will versus, you know, living to your purpose, I suppose, Mm. do you think that manifesting is just a way of kind of getting us back on track of truly living up to our potential? Uh, Yeah, 100% I do. I believe that we, when we're in um, alignment I feel like you can manifest so easy and clearly because you're already connected to, you're already on that right path of where you're meant to be and you're, you're aligned with your, I guess, your destiny, your path of destiny. So when you're in that alignment, manifesting comes so easily to you because it's, it's exactly where you're meant to be and it's all part of your plan, if that makes sense. And do you think people often, the people that you've seen and the, the countless readings that you've done, do you think people aren't aware of perhaps the power that they really have inside? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're not aware of their own potential. Like, like I said, so many people feel that they're separate from, from source or they're separate from themselves. And when they do that inner work, they realize, oh my gosh, everything flows. And that's because they're in alignment. So many people are not in alignment and they're not even aware of it. But once you're in alignment, it's like you can't see anything but that. So in your experience, does everyone have their own spirit guide? Yes. Everyone has at least one to two spirit guides, sometimes more, uh, but generally everyone will have at least one to two. And um, often one is, is there from like the moment of conception, like to the moment somebody passes. They will always have that one guide that's always around and then other guides come and go depending on where that person's going in life and what's needed to help get them on that path to what they need to be doing. And are these guides that we can, uh, I guess if we get more in tune with that side of ourselves, we can communicate with in a way? Like how do we, how do we know that they're around and how do we get that help from them? Yes. So, uh, everyone, again, everyone can access this, but it comes down to, I guess that, that the willingness to, uh, and, and dropping that fear because you cannot access a higher consciousness when you're in a state of fear. So if someone's fearful or that doesn't, that's not right, or I'm not meant to be doing that, or it's, it's stupid, it doesn't work when they're in that denial and fear, they're not going to be able to access it. So it's almost like stepping into that trust and that confidence within themselves to go, okay, I'm, I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to try and have a little meditation for five or 10 minutes. Or even if I'm walking on the beach, I'm going to set the intention to 
connect with one of my spirit guides. And then when you're in that moment, it's a matter of asking them, asking them, can I have, can you give me a sign, an earthly sign I will easily recognize so I know that you're listening to me? And then, you know, hand that over and see what comes up. Often you will get some form of sign in that 24 hours of like a little feather that's left somewhere that's, you know, not normally in that place. So, or you'll hear a certain song where the words are like, I'm here and I'm with you. And it, it's just little subtle messages that you receive. And the, the more you're connecting with that guide and asking for signs, the more you'll be open to receiving more signs and knowing that, that they are always there. Is that gut feeling also a sign? Yes. So gut feeling. Yeah, exactly that. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not always a voice you hear or a person you'll see. It's not like you automatically tap straight into that. Often you'll just get this knowing either in the gut feeling, like you just said, or almost like a knowing of, yep, someone's with me or yep, this is the right choice for me. I've got this. Uh, So it can be that knowing or gut feeling as well. I love that. You you spoke about fear and I feel like over the years there's been a lot of fear around people who have psychic abilities or um, communing with um, spirits and, you know, the, the whole Ouija board thing. And, yeah, um, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> I, I, think, I think there's a lot of mockery of um, people yeah. who have abilities like yours, like people say things like, well, why can't you just predict the lotto numbers? Uh, so how did you get past a lot of that? Um, so with lotto, that is something that's not necessarily kind of in our control as such. Um, gosh, if I could manifest a lot of numbers, I, I, I would do that. I mean, I do manifest some and I might get four, but I don't get all of them in the one game. Um, so manifesting, when people kind of make make jokes or, or comments or remarks, I I welcome it because I feel that they're kind of open to it, but they don't have a great understanding or they're, they're wanting a bit more information about it or they're wanting a message for themselves. Uh, it's very easy to, to mock something or to push, to push something away a that you don't understand or can't comprehend. So when someone does that, it, it just shows me that there's an interest, but they're not quite there on, in, they're not quite able to comprehend what that is all about. Um, so yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. I don't take it personally because like I said, I, I have that confidence in myself and trusting of myself. I don't need anyone else's acceptance or validation because um, I'm comfortable within my gift myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and I should also point out, you know, and I'll I'll put how to get in touch with you in your um, Instagram feed and everything in the show notes so people can check you out. You're like a cool psychic. Like you're really, you're, you're just so modern and fresh. Like you, you know, you, you sort of present in a, in a different way, I think, than most people are used to seeing quote unquote psychics. Um, was that intentional or did you just decide, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be me? Yeah, that's, I hear that all the time. People show up and they're like, oh, I didn't, you're not who I expected you to be. And I, and I said, what do you expect? And they're like, oh, I don't know, an older woman with like a scarf <laughs> over her head with like a purple crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when I decided to do this line of work and make it my career path, I wanted to do it my way because I want to be true to who I am. And just because I do what I do doesn't mean that I'm like all the other psychics. You know, I still drink, I still have fun. You know, I, 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 I love dancing. Like I'm, I'm always having little fun adventures myself. Um, so I wanted to be, I guess, who I am and someone that other people can relate to um, you know, if you look at other psychics in the past, I, I feel that people couldn't necessarily relate to them. They were drawn to them for guidance, but it wasn't someone they could feel they were on that same level with. Um, with my teachings, it's so important for me to to help people, um, I guess, tap into that power within themselves and tap into their own confidence and trusting and their own intuition so they can trust themselves and they can be in living a life in alignment. So for me, it's, it's about people being able to relate to me and me helping guide them to empower themselves 
rather than me kind of preaching and, and not being relatable. So yeah, I feel like that's, I, I'm happy being who, who I am. Yeah. And I should also add that you've, you've had a podcast, which you um, don't do anymore, but people can certainly still go on and check out your episodes. And you did a really great one where you step by step explained manifesting. And you also have uh, an online um, digital subscription. Um, It's just talk us through a bit of that for anyone who's interested. Yeah, uh, so it's called the Conscious Collective, and it's mainly exactly that. It's mainly me. Uh, it's all video based because I find that it's so interactive when it's video, and we do lives, and there's Q and As, and it's about creating a community where people can ask me things um, based on whatever topic I'm covering, and and I do cover topics from depression, anxiety, how to heal yourself, self love, self worth. And then we go into the the intu- intuitive side of things and astral traveling and astral projection and dimensions and the Akashic records. So we cover a lot in the program. Um, it's just that extra tool for someone to be watching in their own time yet, you know, join in and ask questions in the lives or send me emails about um, their own journey and, and how that helps them. Because like I said, when I went through my stuff, I didn't have anyone for a very long time to actually help me through it. Um, So it was easy for me to shut off. So for me, it's so important to create a platform where I am engaging with people and, and letting them know, Hey, you're not alone in that. That's part of your awakening or that's, that's normal to feel like this and, and just guiding them and helping them. Yeah. Demystifying it too, which is so important. I love it. Um, I would love to know now, because we're getting to the end of our chat together, you've given us so many tips already on how to really tap into that inner knowing of confidence and self-worth, but what would be your number one go-to hack for, for more confidence in your life? My go-to hack is, is exactly the, the, the trusting of yourself. When, when you can find trusting yourself that is the confidence. That's where you'll have, you'll unlock that confidence because trusting yourself is, like I said, not having to seek acceptance or validation or approval from anybody else. When you trust yourself, you know, yep, this feels right. I'm going to go for it. And then you go for it and you back yourself and that's confidence. When you lack confidence and you, it's because you lack trust. You don't, you're not aware of yourself or you're not sure of yourself. So you're always separate from yourself and looking externally for that guidance and validation and acceptance. And you can't get confidence from that. So my, my hack for that is that confidence definitely comes from trusting yourself and your own intuition. Oh, that, that's really beautiful. I'd love to know if there's a book you've read or an inspirational quote that's helped you on your way in your confidence story. Oh, one, yes. So, I mean, I love Louise Hay. I I started reading her books years ago on my beginning of my spiritual journey. So, um, How How You Can Heal Your Life, I think it is, and Mirror Work, uh, two of my favorite books from her. Um, I'm also a big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I love uh, his, his books. I love his work. A quote, I think, that really stuck out for me at a young age. So this was when I, you know, went through that really difficult time um, of depression, OCD, anxiety, breakups, all that kind of stuff. For me, that a quote that stood out was one from Buddha and it's anger is like you drinking poison but expecting the other person to die. I remember the first time I heard that. It was oh. a few years ago and it really resonated with me and it changed yes. the it's changed the way that I now view anger forever. Oh, I agree. It was I'm getting goosebumps. Like that was life-changing for me too and it just made so much sense because when you're angry, it's only affecting you. It's eating away <laughs> at you. <laughs> the yes. other person isn't affected. So it's they're not going to get affected. They're, they're not the one drinking the poison. It's it's us holding on to that anger. So I'm glad you love it too. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, what do you do for pure joy? Something that has no outcome or um, goal attached to it. 
Oh, dancing. I love dancing. <laughs> <laughs> is there like some specific kind of music that you like to dance to? Um, I love R&B. I love R&B oh. and hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> bit of boys to men. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love Usher and, yeah, I'm Beyonce and that as well. Oh, I will bop out to... Yeah, Nelly, anything, anything old like that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I would love to know, um, confidence is never a destination. You're always constantly working on it. You never really truly arrive. So I'd love to know what you're working on right now in your confidence journey to take you to where you next want to be in life. Yeah. So for me at the moment, I've engaged with another um, a spiritual life coach And so at the moment, we're working a bit more on shadow work. So shadow work is that pesky thing that keeps popping up. (laughs) And in order for me to grow and evolve and work on that confidence, I need to go deeper within myself. And it's almost like in order to go high, you've got to go low first. So I've got to dig out a little bit more of my own shadow work uh, in order to, to go higher again. So there's that beautiful saying, First, you wake up to your light, then you wake up to your dark. So, yeah, we're oh, working wow. on shadow work to get me to where I, I want to be, to be that little bit more in alignment for that next level of consciousness. Well, Vanessa, I think your life story is extraordinary and I'm so grateful to you for sharing it. And you've already come so, so far and helped so many people. And I know that others listening to this are going to get a lot of inspiration from it too. Thank you so much for sharing it with me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's It's been, yeah, it's been an honour. Thank you. Stay connected by following Claiming Your Confidence or me, Katrina Blowers, on Instagram. For more information on this or other episodes, head to katrinablowers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app and make sure you share it with anyone you think would benefit from a confidence pick-me-up. Claiming Your Confidence is created and produced by me, Katrina Blowers. Audio thanks to Term 6 podcast productions. I hope you're having a great week. Thank you for listening to Claiming Your Confidence.